0: How can I help you to be successful? What do you need from me? When you lead like that, anybody can lead.
1: Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Live Leaderly Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Alba. Here on the show, we invite guests from all walks to share their stories about leadership, which just become stories about life. I ask that with the people in your life, please tell your story, listen to theirs, but in the meantime, we'll do it together. Here on the Live Leaderly Podcast. And joining us on the show today, she's an executive leadership coach, facilitator, and speaker with Avail Consulting. Lori Hess Tompos. Lori, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: Hey, thank you so much. It's great to be here.
1: It's great. I've had a great conversation with you so far. I'm glad that we could uh, we could hit record and, and get the the rest of this documented. Where, where are you calling in from today, Lori?
0: I'm just west of Chicago.
1: Just west of Chicago. Okay, fantastic. Oh, I did find out something that you have a boat named after you during some of my research. Where, where can we find this boat, Lori?
0: <laughs> well, uh, we grew up with a, a cabin, and cabin is a strong word, but cabin on a lake, and so just a small lake in Ohio, Seneca. And so when I went off to the prep school and then went to West Point, then my uh, parents named the boat after me. So it was called the Lori Lou.
1: The Lori Lou, I like it. I like it. All right. Well, to kick things off, Lori, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background and, and where you're from?
0: Sure. Yes. Just to carry on this theme, I'm from a very small town in Ohio. And so I had not known anybody that had gone to... Any service academy, or even been in the army. I found out later I had a great uncle who had been in World War II, but I didn't know that at the time. And um, I was just from a very small town, but I enjoyed so much of activities and sports and clubs and just being active. That was my favorite thing.
1: Okay, great. And so you grew up in Ohio, ended up going to the military, the military prep school. How, How did that happen?
0: Yes. So that's a story because my mom was a guidance counselor at our high school and my dad had worked at a branch campus of Ohio University. And so I knew I was going to college. They both had master's degrees in guidance and counseling. And I and I was going to college. And the only question is where. So for me, once I found out about a service academy, I was a dog on a bone. I was like, pick me. I'm going to a service academy. And the only question is which one? Who wanna have me? And so I was all excited about going to a service academy. I thought that uh, water, water and service, because I had grown up on a lake so I could swim really well, had great, pretty, pretty great endurance and everything else had done a lot with Girl Scouts and church camp and all kinds of camp counseling and stuff. So I just outdoorsy girl. So once I found out about service, water and active stuff, I was all over an academy And so I forced my family to rent an RV in between my junior and senior year in high school. And we went around to the academies. I also thought I was going to be an engineer. And so I was very excited about that. And so I, we went first to the Merchant Marine Academy, water service engineering. They said, we have two majors above deck and below deck. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'll be on my way. (laughs) Two majors. That was too tight. Uh, so then we went to the Coast Guard Academy, which again, water service. I'm thinking, Hey, uh, this would be perfect. I get there and they're like, we only allow people in based on academic merit. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I'll be on my way because I knew I wouldn't get in there either. And so then we went to the Naval Academy, which is where I thought I was going right. Water service. Water, yeah. and, and, and we get there and I, um, I find out almost immediately. I can't pinpoint what it was for probably a decade later, but they did not want women at the academy. They were not ready at that time. I'm sure it's changed. I know it's changed. But at that time, it was pretty new to have women there. And I could just sense uh that women weren't welcome. Even though sometimes people were like, oh, you shouldn't say that, or whatever. I'm like, I'm speaking truth. This is what happened. So I just I knew right away, inside of five minutes, that that it was not the place for me and that I had, what I had seen was women getting ignored. And I thought, wow, if, if I don't like you, but I just say, Hey, I don't like you. And here's why, at least we have dialogue. At least we have a start and and you seem open and I can change your mind. If you ignore me and don't, and pretend I'm not a person, it's very tough to get started. It's very tough for me to change your mind. So I I saw all that even though I didn't quite process that at the time of like what that was. We drove to West Point and then I we were at Buffalo Soldier Field, came right into the gates and I was like this is it? I threw my hands in the air. I knew right away this is it. This is where I'm going. I'm 100% sure. I had to go back to my congressman and be like, "Okay, I definitely want to go to West Point. I'm 100% sure." And they were like, "Oh, And I'm, and I believe at the time, like women were pretty new to uh, academies and I'm in the Ohio Valley and I'm, I'm confident that they didn't see that many women that were certainly that driven and thought we need to just let her in. We're going to see her again. If, if, (laughs) and again, if we don't let her in, let's just do it now. (laughs) And so then they had said, would you be willing to go to the prep school? And I said, sure. And they heard sure. And they hung up. So there I was, and I went to the prep school, which I am so thankful for, uh, because it was one of the best years of my life, and certainly hugely pivotal in the person that I am now uh, in terms of contributing to that. It just totally changed the trajectory in in going to the prep school before going to West Point.
1: Went to the prep school, went to, went to West Point, um, we're never really... I don't think any of us really expect what we what we experience when we get to West Point. What was that? Uh, what was your initial, I guess, initial thoughts as when you got there?
0: Right. Well, that was the thing is I had not had any history and I hadn't really talked to anybody prior. I just was super driven with my kind of my own agenda of wanting a challenge. I really wanted a challenge, so I wanted mental, physical, and academic challenge, and I got what I asked for. I just had no idea of what I was saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I got to West Point and I just had to try to keep all the balls in the air. And and I knew that I had to hold it up for women. I knew that I knew that there weren't very many of us. And I knew that we had to be really determined. What I didn't realize, what I hadn't seen at the prep school, was that when we got there, that it hadn't even dawned on me that they would not want women at West Point. That thought hadn't even crossed my mind, even though I'd been to the Naval Academy and and saw that the thought hadn't occurred of, wow, they don't want women here. It was so interesting. But at West Point, the difference was the guys told us they they said it either. they Some thought it, but some said it and said, hey, women shouldn't be here. And I said, your issues is with Congress. What do you say to that? It's the truth.
1: They They were, you know upfront about not wanting you there and at the academy you're learning to be you know a better student athlete and leader how do you lead how how did you learn to lead in that environment where maybe you didn't feel welcome and and you didn't really have a whole lot of examples of people as women who've done it in the past
0: exactly and 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 that's the thing is that i teach some college classes and occasionally i'll tell that story of getting into west point or whatever and then i would say so now ladies do you think that I shouldn't have gone to West Point because the guys didn't want us there? (laughs) And these young ladies in the front row are all like nodding their heads and everything else. And I said, no, it didn't mean I shouldn't go to West Point. It means that they're wrong and they're going to change their minds. So it's having a mindset of, I know I'm meant to be here and I know I'm going to bring you along and I know I'm going to change your mind opposed to me being angry with somebody not wanting me there. They don't know what they don't know it's my mission to make, make sure that, that y- you do see what I can do. And you do see that I am meant to be here and that I'm going to make a contribution, which is great. And so the, the end, the ending of that story or this or the end cycle of that is that I feel that I did that. I feel that those, those guys are some of my very best friends on the earth, on the planet, the guys that were my partners and stuff at, at West Point. And we didn't scramble. So we were in the same company and that entire time. And I, so enjoyed uh the friendships and the bonds and the camaraderie uh that happened at west point with with those same guys (laughs) in many cases and and i love that and now they said they said hey if anybody ever says women can't do anything i immediately point to you and turn to you and i appreciate that
1: and so that was your experience at the academy and then you went off into the military. And again, probably very similar challenges in the military, being one of the first women serving in that capacity, going off to combat in the in the Gulf. How, how was that experience for you?
0: Right. So so that's another story in that, in that what happened was I got branched into air defense artillery. And so I uh, was introduced to a brand new thing called the Patriot Missile System. And so I had been air defense, but I was also airborne and I was aerosol and I was this active as possible. And um, so I put both feet into learning the Patriot and I wanted to make sure that I did it really well. What happened was right after air defense school, I went to airborne school. That's another story. And then went to, then got married that following weekend, dropped engines out of tanks at junior maintenance school, then went over to Germany. So by the time I got to my unit, I'm one of the last lieutenants in the door. Now, what have you got? Now, who are you? And so I said, okay, I'm going to make it my mission to learn the Patriot. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that I know how to set it up, that I know how to run it, that I know how, that I know all about it. I'm going to get certified on this bad boy. I'm going to be one of the first people in my battalion to get certified on this thing. That's what happened. And then we had a war. So all of a sudden, then I got pulled by myself out of Germany, out of my unit. To meet with these eleven infantrymen in the desert, and and that's kind of where my that's where my TED talk picks up of like I meet these eleven infantrymen, all of whom I've just met, and all of whom I'm in charge. And um, how do you lead when you or or what do you do when when all of a sudden you have to be in charge of people that you've just met, and often they have a lot more experience than you, they know a lot more than you do, they and they're experts in what they do. So that was a huge leadership lesson for me of like, oh, wow, what can I do? Well, I can be supportive. I can make sure that I, I can prep and make sure I know my stuff. I can make sure that I am proactive in, in learning and stuff and being prepared because if I had waited till a war, I would have missed it. Right? We, I, I wouldn't have been ready. I couldn't do it at the time. I had to, I had to proactively set about with some goals of making sure I knew some things and was trained up and, and got good training and got good coaching and, and made it my business to make sure that I knew that I had confidence and confidence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you can't learn on the spot. If you're learning on the spot, you're spending a lot of energy on that rather than focusing on those team members and making sure you're, you're supporting them and inspiring them so on top of that, if you're trying to also learn the technical side of your job, that makes that so much, so much harder um, to, to di- divert your energy to those those two different realms.
0: Right. Right. That was the thing. Is so because of that, and then because of the way that I came in, which was like a leadership is a mindset. Leadership is a way of being, it's a way of thinking. And when you lead with how can I help you to be successful? What do you need from me? When you lead like that anybody can lead everybody can lead right there's no there's no uh everyone can have that mindset everyone can have that thing and again in the in the ted talk i say the way we think about managing people is dead wrong because no one wants to be managed no one wants to be managed manage projects but lead people only lead and when people are seeing that you have care and concern and support and that you're in this for the win with the whole team that everyone's included we're bringing out the best in everybody that's how you move forward that's how you nail it there's learning but there's never a failure when you look at it that way there's only good learning i either learn or or we totally wildly succeed and then the next time i either learn or I wildly succeed, only.
1: There's always something that you can pull away from that. I, I really like, you know, if you can ask, how can I help you? Then you, you're leading, you, you can be a leader if you can ask that um, from other people. How can I help you? Leadership isn't tied to that title. It isn't tied to your position, your rank, any of those things. Leadership is asking, how can I help you? Wanting to have that impact. If you could think about maybe the people in your life that have been most impactful to you, that you admired the most, um, and you don't have to share the names if you don't want. But if you kept those people in mind, what kinds of things would they do in the days and months?
0: Yes, well, more of the same, more of the the witnessing of like people getting prepared and having the mindset. So I think of like my mom who was a girls basketball coach. So first of all, you learn the game and you play it really well and you know what you're doing and then when you go to take it to coaching, you start with the basics. And you make sure everybody has shared meaning and shared understanding of what is happening. So a a story there is that I have a daughter that's, um, I have three daughters, and the middle one was playing um, basketball. And so they had 200 girls or so, and they're trying to figure out how to place them on teams. The girls are getting evaluated, and they may not even know it. Of they're trying to look at their skill sets and trying to put them on teams, and so um, they come out to the parents and they're like, "Hey, we 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 have more girls than we thought. We need everybody's help. What can we do?" I said, hey, "Oh, uh, I can help. I'm I'm in like boots, but I know a lot about basketball with because of my mother." And so I go, I go up and we have about forty girls and we put them in ones and twos and we place them on each side and we're awaiting instruction. And a guy comes to our station and he says. You're on offense. Points to uh, points to ones. You're on offense. Points to twos. You're on defense. We're doing rebounds. Go. And then he walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> um, uh, wait a minute. Whoa! I said, girls, let's just back up just a nary moment here. Girls, who knows what offense means? No one. Who knows what defense means? No one. Who knows what a rebound is? Not a soul. I said girls, let's start there. Let's set expectations. let's let everybody know what the standards are. Let's have good quality, but let's let's start from the beginning and let make sure everybody's with us and everybody knows what we're doing. It's super tough to get evaluated on stuff when you don't know what you're talking you know when you don't mm-hmm. know you, you don't know the game. you don't even know the game that you're playing. So, you know, and and people were like, well, was I not clear in my expectations? Well, he did set them, but no one had an understanding of what he meant. So what I found is what's super helpful as a leader that you can do is help people get prepared. Do some good training, cover the basics, make sure that everybody knows what we're doing and what our goal is. Always have vision, mission, purpose, and goals in mind right understand your own values what's important to you and then make sure that everybody understands where they fit in on the team where they bring their best contribution to the team
1: no, that's a, that's a great story and you you pulled that from your mother when she was coaching coaching basketball to now you have you have daughters playing and like oh let's maybe we should go over the rules first maybe we should figure out what a rebound is yes. first and then we can work towards a common goal once, once we know with the skills and the terminology and, and the, just the basics, the foundations of what we're trying to do, I, I think that's so important. And so thank, thank you for sharing that.
0: Yes, thanks. Uh-oh. Yes, she was, she was my role model for sure. She was, she was such a good coach in that, and she, and she really would ask good questions. That's the other thing too, right? So you find out when you do that, you find out where people are, how much they understand, how much they know. And then you can meet them from where they are, and you can move them forward.
1: All right. Well, Lori, we are we're close to wrapping up here soon, but I'll, I'll throw it back over to you. If you have any any other thoughts that you'd like to share for the podcast,
0: oh, just the the leadership mindset and how important that is. And what I what I liken that to is having a growth mindset. And people always used to say that, and I thought, oh, that's a, that's really helpful. I'm I'm into learning. No, what it really means is that you believe in yourself. So you believe that you will be a good leader and you start there and you go after things that will make you a good leader. And that is what helps you and informs you and guides you. God may have given you some good gifts. So you may be farther along the path. You may already be a natural at asking good questions and bringing out the best in people and you getting good training and good coaching and good, good mentoring all helps you farther along so that you can turn around and help everyone else and that's and and that's the mindset is it it's it's abundance it's believing in yourself believing in your team and then putting in the work to make it happen you're not shying away from challenges you're into learning you're excited about learning you're excited about challenges because then you're going to tackle them and you're going to move forward and you're going to just be bigger and bigger and better and better
1: It's a mindset, and you have to believe in yourself. Lori, thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your stories and and your thoughts on leadership. Our guest today, Lori Hestampos, and for all those out there listening, this has been the Live
0: Leaderly Podcast.